Coming up on the best of girls play footy on RSN Carnival, we catch up with the European Crusaders, Berenger Portel. The Canadian Northern Lights, Valerie Moreau. Fiji's Satiri Tadrew. The Seattle Grizzlies, Valerie Barber Axthel. And Norwood Football Club's Rebecca McMahon. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the best of girls play footy on RSN Carnival. And a friendly reminder, you can catch all the latest women's footy news by going to girlsplayfooty.com or following us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Girls Play Footy. One of our first interviews on this week's episode is with Berenger Portel. Now, we spoke to her over a year ago originally uh, about playing for France in the Anzac match in Villas Bretonneau. We caught up with her again this year to talk about the European Crusaders program. Now, many will know the AFL International Cup was held in Melbourne in August. Seven nations participated and one combined European team. Obviously, they couldn't quite get the numbers together for players in France, Italy, Denmark, etc. So they combined to make this super team in a way called the Crusaders, and they actually originally made their debut in the uh, AFL European Championships the year before, taking on the GB Swans and the Irish Banshees. We pick up the story from there with Berenger Portel. Oh, it was a great exper- experience. I was not on the, in the team as, as I was injured, but uh, most of the girls um, didn't play the uh, 18th side before, so they learned to play it, and it was really a great experience for them. They had a lot of fun. And which is again, which is better, it is that um, it's a team that gather a lot of people from different countries, different cultures, and we gather all together around the same spirit and the same passion. So it's it's really great. Look, you had about 15 or 16 players then for that European Championship and you borrowed a few players uh, from the London competition to make up enough numbers. Um, So how many players do you hope to have in your squad that's going to travel to Australia for um, IC17? And uh, from what parts of Europe will they be coming from? Yeah, we didn't have a full team for the European Championship and the Irish and the British players helped us to 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 have a uh, 18 team so thanks to them again um for the international cup we hope to have at least 23 or 24 players even if we are more it would be even better but uh, they'll come from a different country for now we can have uh, danish sweden uh, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, uh, Poland, Croatia, uh, and France, and Italia. That's a whole big collection of, yeah, a whole big collection of players throughout Europe. Um, so will there be a chance for the team to train or play together before you head to Australia for IC17? It will be very difficult for, for us to train all together, but we, we, we should see everybody at the um, at the next competition so the champions league in april next april so um, at least we'll see each other we will learn to know uh, to, to know everybody better um but we won't train together during this period i think uh, but we plan to come a little bit earlier before the international club so we can train together and learn to play together too 
Um, uh, currently, there's 11 teams that have nominated for uh, IC17. And, of course, that could change. There could be more, there could be less by the time we get close to the start date. Um, would, would you like to see all the teams together in, like, one division where, you know, you might play against the stronger Great Britain team and Canada? Or, or would you like maybe perhaps two visions? So the stronger teams play in one division and, and you play, like, with developing countries such like Fiji or Pakistan uh, in, in a lower grade? I think both solutions could be could be good, but uh, I might prefer to have um, uh, only one division because I think that if we play against the stronger the strongest teams, uh, we can learn more and have more experience about the game. So it would be great, even it would be it would be very hard for us, but it could be a great experience. Indeed, I guess that's the way to learn. And uh, when you come over to Australia, um, it's going to be quite a task. Can you explain the cost for each individual player and, in fact, the whole squad to travel to Australia and play in the tournament? Yeah, yeah, actually, the the trip is very expensive for us. Uh, I think it would would cost around uh, $2,500 and and 3,000 euros to, to go up there. And so between uh, 3,500 Australian dollars and 4,000. Um, and in this cost, we count the flight ticket, the return ticket, which is very expensive, uh, accommodation, and the playing uh, playing gear. So for all the team, it could cost us around... 70,000 uh, 70, euros to, to go there. Which in Australian dollars terms is about $100,000 Australian just to be able to come down and uh, play. So for you, uh, how are you going to raise that money? And, um, you know, for, for, for this money, you know, what does it all cost? I think you said it's going to cost uh, flights, accommodation. I think you have to pay entry fees, kit. There's a lot that has to be brought. And I guess we have to, to raise enough money to to at least uh, pay a part of uh, this cost, so maybe a part of the flight ticket or the accommodation. Um, but we are trying to find several solutions. Firstly, we just launched a donation platform with uh, makeachamp.com. Uh, so it was just a week ago, so we, are, uh, we hope that they can help us a lot. A lot. Um, and after that, we maybe work on um, a raffle or for companies or little businesses. And so the winners could uh, win, uh, will be able to have their logo on our jumper, for example. But very, our main, our main thing is our makeachamps.com uh, um, platform. I was going to say on that front, have you been able to attract any sponsors yet to try and uh, help cover that cost so you can get to Australia? Yeah, we, we, we're trying to, to spread the, the world of um, our project. So, and we hope that we can find something, even if it would be very hard, as in Europe the spot is not very famous. Um, but we're trying with our, all our contacts to, to, to make our team um, known around us. So we're trying to, to have some sponsors. 
Well, if there's anyone listening and they would like to consider sponsoring uh, the European Crusaders and you know getting the name on the jumper or on the shorts or on the training gear, um, who can they contact? How can they go about trying to help sponsor uh, the European Crusaders in the International Cup? Uh, actually, everything would be at full, but um, if uh, someone wants to to, to, to join the, our project, um, they can make firstly a donation on our makeachamp.com platform, but also they can contact us. We uh, we have created a Facebook page about the European Crusader IC17, so they can contact us through this page and uh, and we can talk about it better. Another woman we caught up with earlier in the year was Canadian Valerie Moreau. She impressed us at the 2016 USAFL Nationals in Sarasota, Florida, and she decided to head across to Australia during the Christmas New Year's period to have a go at playing at the VFL Women's Academy to see if she could get a spot on an AFLW women's list. She ended up playing in the VFLW with the Eastern Devils and did okay in her first season and she'd again start the USAFL Nationals, this time for the Montreal Angels. Fingers crossed she might get a go in 2019 in the AFLW competition. We kicked off by asking Valerie, how did she discover Aussie Rules Football? <laughs> um, actually, it's like two weeks after I came back from Australia. Um, so I got back from Brisbane and then two weeks later, um, I was playing a basketball game and the referee saw me play, came came up to me after the game. He was like, oh, I saw you, I saw your skills, I saw you can make quick decisions, so yeah, you should come try it out. Uh, try out AFL, and then I did two months later and never stopped going afterwards, so that's pretty much how I discovered it. <laughs> and how long ago was that? Um, About two years ago, yeah, so, something like that. So you're only just a recent convert to the game. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> and like many um, that are playing from Canada and the US, they've had soccer background and rugby background. So basketball was predominantly your background? Um, yeah, I played a few sports before also. But yeah, basketball was uh, the last one. So I played for about, I don't know, five to seven years before, yeah, before footy. So, yeah. For you, how long did it take till you finally got a handle of some of the basics, the kicking, the handballing, the one that seems to trip up everyone, the bounce? <laughs> I'm still working on that, everything, all of these. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know. But after one season, I was pretty much um, able to control a kick and um, a hand pass. Uh, the bounce was pretty easy because of the basketball background, so that's not too bad. But, yeah, I'm still working on a kick and a hand pass uh, for sure. It's never um, completely uh, perfect. So, yeah, still working on that. <laughs> And, of course, uh, in Canada, you played um, with the NDG Giants, uh, the Montreal Angels, uh, even the Quebec side at the Nationals, including playing along some of the uh, famous Legos. Yes, Amy. Yes, Amy and Margot. <laughs> yeah, two incredible players that I really, really miss. <laughs> Were you shocked yourself when your name got called out to be part of the uh, Canadian team, the reigning world champions that will be defending their title at this year's International Cup? Um, yes and no. Um, I was surprised last year when I got drafted, well, not drafted, but like selected for, um, the game against the U.S. because, uh, that was my, um, my rookie year. So that's when the big surprise was. Uh, after that, I just kept, um, improving and kept working every time. So for that goal. So, um, it would have been a surprise if I wouldn't have been selected, honestly. Uh, that was my goal. That, w- that was what I was working for. And that's what I told Jason, um, the Team Canada coach when I started playing free for Team Canada. Um, he, he asked me, like, why do you want to play? And I was like, I want to go to IC. So uh, I was pretty happy when my name got called out, actually. <laughs> 
And because you played in the Nationals, I'm interested to know, is the standard of football fairly even across Canada or is, is one area fairly dominant? Oh, um... No, it's pretty. It's pretty even. Uh, we're uh, we've played against each other f- uh, for the first time at the Canadian Nationals um, last May, I think, in Vancouver, and uh, the level was pretty good through uh, all uh, all the teams. So we've got like four teams at the moment. So I think we've got like uh, Quebec, Ontario, Alberta, and BC. Um, Alberta, especially Calgary, is mostly is definitely the team to beat every time. But uh, yeah, every other team is not that far away. So no, the girls are pretty skilled all around the country. Of course, in October, you came down to the United States, to Florida, to play the combined side of uh, the Montreal Angels with Boston, Philadelphia, Arizona, and Des Moines, a.k.a. the Wild Bunch. How did you find that experience? <laughs> um, oh, that was one of the best times um, I've had uh, for, for a while. That was uh, just an incredible weekend. Um, the U.S. Nationals, it was my second time going to the U.S. Nationals, and every time it's just so fun to see friends from all around uh, America. It's people that... We don't see get to see really often, but uh, yeah, seeing friends, playing footy, having fun, all of this together over a weekend—it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. So that was a that was a really really nice weekend. As you said, it was your second time at the Nationals. Have you seen a change in standard over the last twelve months? Um. Well, the Nationals are definitely improving in uh, organization first. Like, this is always good, but, like, it, they're improving every year. And same thing for the players. The skills, uh, the teams are getting better and better every year. I reckon it's because there's more players all around uh, America, I guess. But, uh, yeah, definitely, it's definitely getting better every time uh, for the organization and the, the skills for through the, the entire teams. It's pretty good. For yourself, when did you make the decision to uh, come down to Australia? <laughs> that has been something that has been on my mind um, since I started playing footy, actually, because when I start something, I kind of get involved into it like 100%, and if it's not more. So as soon as I started, and then when I reached um, the top level in Canada, I was like, oh, I, I, I want to keep doing this. That's It's like my dream when I was a little girl was to become a professional athlete. I uh, never really found a sport where I could do that. Um, now I have the opportunity, so I didn't really have the choice to just follow the dream and come down here and give it a go. <laughs> and you're here for about a year or two in Australia? Um, yeah, so for now I can stay a year because um, I'm on a working holiday visa, so I can stay up to a year, so up to next um, end of October, next year. Uh, I'm planning on uh, staying, trying to find a way to stay longer, so I can stay maybe a second year if I do some farm work, so I'm looking for that at the moment, So because <laughs> that would give me another year on the same visa, so that would allow me to work uh, anywhere. So if I do get drafted, uh, that would be considered a work. So I would be able actually to get drafted. So I'm working on this at the moment, but yeah, I would definitely love to stay longer. So I'm trying to plan this already. And you managed to get yourself into the Victorian Women's Football Academy. How did that all come about? Um, actually, that is uh, that's because of Kenny. So uh, Kendra. Um, we do. We can. We could get invited if we knew someone um, that would recommend us to um, Darren, who's like the who's the in charge of the academy. Um, so she did recommend us. Um, I decided to join it, and uh, Darren gave me um, gave me an opportunity. I took it, and then since I started playing there, it's just been amazing. The academy is really, uh, really, really full of skilled girls. They're, they they want to improve and they want to get drafted next year. So it's really the best place I could be right now to improve. So. And, yeah. and and after they've seen you for the first few weeks, what was some of the initial feedback to you? What do they want to see you develop on in your game? Um, 
Definitely the skills. Uh, I mean, I've only played for two years, so definitely I'm not at the top level for the skills compared to uh, all the other girls that I, I've had the chance to play against. But um, that's what I'll work. Uh, I'll work on uh, definitely the kicking uh, a lot. But uh, as I'm short, my my role is um, probably definitely going to be like pick up the ball and run, try to win my own ball. So that's what I'm going to be working on, so that I can be really good into something. So then that's going to help me to improve my my chance of being drafted next year. So, yeah, that would be it. Other than that, uh, I've got the speed, got the quick decisions that are there, um, hard to tackle. So, yeah, definitely work on skills. So then I could be a really, really good player and improve my chances of being drafted. And, of course, you managed to play for the academy in the trial game against Collingwood. Now, we know they didn't keep scoring. That was a little bit one-sided. Collingwood won uh, easily. But, of course, they are going to be an AFL women's team. So they are top level. But how did you find the experience having to come up against uh, literally the best of the best? Uh, honestly, that was amazing. Uh, I couldn't believe it until I got on the field. Uh, playing against these girls was just exactly the reason why I came here for. I wanted to play against the best players, and that's what I did. Um, we've actually had the chance to play against them again with the academy. We did way better. Uh, our midfielders were um, Collingwood players, so I'm going to give them that. But uh, we definitely gave them um, a good game that time, uh, better than uh, the first one. But uh, it, it was just so amazing to play against these girls because you get to see uh, what level you need to reach if you do want to get drafted. So it gave me an idea of what I need to do if I do want to get drafted. So, yeah, I couldn't. I was just really, really happy to be on that field. And thank you for to the academy for giving us this, uh, giving us this uh, opportunity. It's just amazing. <laughs> uh, at the Nationals, I actually saw you as an attacking midfielder, but in one of the games of the academy versus the Magpies, I saw you more hanging around the back line. What do you prefer, a forward or, or defensive role? Um. Ah, that's a hard one. I really like to be everywhere, and I that's because of back home we tend to try to do everything. Here, that's one of the first thing I learned is you, you, you're going to have a role and you have to stick to your role. So um, for now, I have to say I pretty like I really like to play defense in that game because I knew what I was doing. Uh, it's way easier to follow a player than to try to create uh, a play, create opportunities. So for now, I really feel more comfortable in defense, but would definitely love to um, to play mid and go back to the forwards line to maybe keep some goals. <laughs> And, of course, the VFL women's season is uh, coming up. That begins in May. And I believe you're continuing the Canadian connection by signing up with the Eastern Devils. Uh, yes, I followed um, Amy and uh, Kendra's path. Just went to, for the Devils too, yep. <laughs> and how have you found that? Because they've only just uh, begun training themselves as a Devils group. Um, well, it's actually... it's They're just so, so, such an amazing bunch of girls. But uh, it's, it's just, I think, the best team I could join uh i've been recommended by my um team canada coach back home um there's a major who's uh the coach over there who's also my um well my housemate because i used to live with I, I live with major and kendra actually so it's just the best thing i could join for opportunities for um just to get to know footy to improve my chances again to get drafted it's just yeah it was the, the decision to make and the full-on footy continues for you personally because uh, also in August, uh, I think it's August uh, 5 to 17, uh, you've got IC17 playing for Canada up against the likes of Ireland, Great Britain, the USA and so on. Yep. Yeah, can't wait for that to happen. That's going to be really, really good. Pretty intense month, but can't wait for that to happen. I'm getting excited already about that. <laughs> and just quietly, what's the feeling amongst the Canadian girls? Um, because, you know, this is it. This is the year. This is the International Cup. And for the first time, you're going in as reigning champions. You're going in as the hunted. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I think we we feel pretty confident about it. Uh, we like to say that we're the best country uh, outside of Australia for foodie, so we do like we do feel confident. Um, but yeah, no, we're gonna come in with um, we're gonna be skilled, we're gonna be fit. Uh, the girls are working really hard back home. Uh, we're making sure to keep track of what everyone's doing. We have uh, a group where we all follow each other, where we all support each other, uh, give tips to each other. So now the girls are pretty, they're gonna be ready, and uh, we're definitely gonna give anything to the other teams. We're going we're gonna to be there to win and nothing less. <laughs> Earlier in the year, we caught up with Fijian Satiri Tadrao to ask how the Fijians were preparing for IC17. They performed okay in IC2014 and they were hoping to go a couple of steps better this year. Uh, first of all, I was a young player then and it was a great uh, opportunity. Uh, it was um, a good exposure for the girls um, since it's the first women's team. Uh, at the same time, it was a really um, new sport for especially the girls. And the boys has been uh, playing uh, the sport for quite a while. But for the girls, just the exposure of it, uh, 2014 is quite an experience. And the girls learned a lot from uh, just the unique side of the game. And, yeah, it's amazing how this game can, you know, um, use uh, all sports in its uh, in so many ways, like volleyball, basketball, rugby, netball, all in one. It's just flexible and it's unique. Yeah. And 2014 was, the girls took that opportunity as an exposure. And yeah, I was honored as a young member to, um, to be part of uh, that team and at the same time given the opportunity to lead and become captain. Yeah. What was the background of the majority of the players in that team? Were a lot coming from a, a rugby background? Yeah. A lot of uh, those team members were rugby, uh, playing rugby and netball, especially netball and volleyball. Uh, those are three dominant sports around here. And how much time did you have to play Aussie rules together and train before you took part in that first tournament in 2014? So uh, we usually play um, six 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 months before um, before the game. We train together six months before uh, in 2014. But uh, we usually um, train with the boys and do skills with the boys. Yeah, it's six months before um, IC14. So most girls were really new to the game. Um, six months. We had a chance to train together before IC40. How is that feeling to train together for only six months, but still to be able to walk away with two wins, uh, defeating Tonga and defeating the USA Liberty? Um, it, it was incredible, though. Um, we were even... Well, the girls were, were just... Uh, well, they, we actually trained because... Uh, we find, oh, we all find ASL. It was a fun game. It was so fun and flexible. And uh, at the same time, it brings a lot of girls uh, together with different knowledge in sports. Um, two wins. That was amazing for us. It was a great achievement. And we wouldn't find that as a fluke, but something that we see. Um, yeah, it was really. A great achievement for us to have those two wins. Um, we were actually uh, satisfied with that result as a starter. Yeah. 
And since then, of course, building to this year where there'll be uh, International Cup 2017, how's the development of women's football been like in the last two and a half to three years? It was, well, the interest was amazing for the, uh, after 2014. Um, we were able to form uh, two women's team, 18 aside, and we usually play nines um, every Saturday alongside the boys, but the boys play full sets of uh, teams. Um, and every Saturday in 2015, we usually we go through the season, we went through the season. And then in 2016, the girls kind of quietened down with different sports they committed to. There were a lot of other sports that the girls were committed to. And now in 2016, the girls came back together with a lot more new girls and a lot more interest. And right now, we're training with more than 35 girls preparing for IC17, um, starting from last year, the end of last year and for the past years, uh, since 2014, yeah. Have you been able to get up a competition again of having those two sides regularly play each other to test each other out? We've been, uh, so our season for, for, for this year is going to start soon in Feb and the girls are going to form um, hopefully uh, four teams from different, it gets to show uh, the, the interest apart from the teams that they're training to IC17, there are teams from every uh, areas around Suva, there are, there are teams from Rewanga which is one suburb and in uh, Nosori area which is another suburb. So we're expecting four girls team um, playing nine aside um, this uh, season. Uh, so yeah, we're expecting a, a match, and we're actually plan planning a match, which is confirmed throughout the season before IC17. And, of course, at the moment, there's the AFL women's competition happening. We're a couple of weeks into it. Uh, the great thing about it, it's being streamed overseas for free online. Have any of the girls been watching these games online, having a look at how the AFL women's are going and, and trying to look at what they're doing and trying to put that into practice in Fiji? Definitely a lot. A lot. I was surprised with a lot of girls, you know, coming in for training and they just asking Hey, have you watched, you know, the Sunday games? Uh, hey, um, Carlton went against the Bulldogs and the Lions is winning. And, you know, girls were up to date with either on Facebook and here in Fiji, the internet connection is not that good with live stream. So we usually um, update ourselves on Facebook and we try to go on live stream, but we get good connection from certain areas only, but not all around Fiji. Um, so, yeah, the girls were well updated with what's going on right now um, with the international women's uh, competition. And they're so looking forward with the opportunities and the openings that they're going to, we're going to receive in IC17 and indicates the kind of recognition that the girls were given right now in the international tournament. It's just amazing. And it has break this, I had to be honest, um, the international tournament for AFL right now in Australia has impacted a lot around the world, especially I see it in Fiji. There's just the stigma of um, the stereotype of the fact that this is a men's game. Now the boys in our team, they started to respect the girls uh, more and seeing, you know, encourage the girls that uh, for enduring training and 
coming in for skills and all just because they know they've seen uh it has also changed the bo- uh, the boys um way of encouragement to girls in our teams right now so boys are well updated to with the international games uh that is going right now with the women in Australia yeah that is fantastic to hear. Now, as we said, IC17 starts on August 5th. Is there an opportunity for the Fiji women's team to play together against someone else in a practice game before the IC17 starts? That's uh, what. That's the plan. We're um, planning to come in uh, one week before the actual match and have both friendly games with um, men and women. And it hasn't been confirmed with which club or which team. Um, yeah. That's the plan. Uh, one week before the tournament, we would love to get ourselves into a practice match, friendly match, yeah. We hope uh, that will happen. And, of course, uh, you're just counting down the days now. There's something like uh, only, what, six months to go until uh, you'll be coming out to Australia, as you said. So you'll be here for a week in advance and then through the two weeks. And I think, the, if I'm correct, the fixture's like you'll be playing five games? Yes, five games because there are 11 women's team. Um yeah, it has increased uh, from the last 2014, so it's quite competitive. Five games, our maximum aim to uh, win right now. For the girls, I really try, I'm really trying to build that confidence. Uh, some of these, most of the girls uh, have played international sports with their respective sports in rugby and volleyball and netball. So if they have come together for AFL rules, so... Um, right now, the girls are determined to at least win three out of five of those games. Um, yeah, in IC17. Well, Satiri, thank you very much for joining us online here at Girls Play Footy, and we wish you all the very best in your preparation over the coming months as you prepare for IC17 in August. Thank you very much, Peter, for this opportunity. Now, women's footy has been developing very well in the United States. More than 400 women played at least one game of Aussie rules in the US AFL this year. One of the newer clubs are the Seattle Grizzlies. Their first women's player was founded in 2015. Uh, for the first time in 2016, they sent three players to the US AFL Nationals, and their program skyrocketed this year. They went from three players to 21 and played regular football around Seattle, uh, Portland, and Vancouver. They sent their very first ever Division One team to the USAFL Nationals this year, where they end up having a victory over the Montreal Angels. Fantastic work by them. And we caught up with uh, the heartbeat of the team, Valerie Barber Axthelm, to ask how did she get involved in Aussie Rules football? So I was just moved to Arizona a couple years ago. I didn't know many people, and I'd always been into sports, so I was looking for a new sport to pick up, and... Uh, the Arizona Hawks, which had a women's team at the time, uh, well, they were recruiting and got me out to a practice, and I was addicted. So I stayed and uh, traveled with them, and then, you know, the rest was history, I guess. It's a, it's an amazing um, hotbed for talent, hasn't it been, the uh, Arizona Ladyhawks? Because quite a few women footballers in the U.S. have come out of that and gone to all different parts of the country. Yeah, and started teams when they've moved across the country, which is pretty amazing. Of course, we've got Melissa there um, working really hard to keep building women's talent in Arizona, which is great. 
So you've ended up in Seattle, and uh, last year they got going a women's side, got women involved as part of the Grizzlies. How did that conversation and all of that happen? Uh, basically, I learned I was moving to Seattle, and I emailed the club and said, hey, asked them if they had a women's team, and they said no, but I could continue to practice with them. And uh, I talked to Portland, and they were just ramping up their women's team, Heather's down there in Portland, and she was just moving there. And so I turned to the men and said, hey, can we start a women's team and then we can start a league in the Northwest and we can play Portland and we can look at Vancouver and play Vancouver. And the men were very supportive and said, yeah, we've always wanted a women's team. We've just had nobody to lead it. So um, come organize it and we'll support you with the coaching and funds and uniforms. So, I mean, it was pretty easy to get started when you have a men's club uh, that's been as supportive as our men's club has been. The Grizzlies have been around for a long time, haven't they, since the late 90s? Yeah, about, I think, 20 years now, they said. That is an extraordinary innings uh, for USAFL club to be around for that long and that established. And as you said, you, you started the process of getting a, a women's side together. What tactics have you been using to try and uh, draw in uh, American women and any Australians that might be lurking around Seattle to come and play with your team? Uh, so mostly it's been trying to advertise, uh, which isn't really my expertise, but I've been working with the men and uh we have a more uh, professional-looking Facebook now, and we use that to advertise the different groups that might be interested, such as we ha- there's a Facebook uh, for Australians in Seattle, and we advertise there. And we advertise um, big events and uh, pickup games, and we advertise to the uh, groups like the rugby groups or the soccer groups that might be interested in converting their skills into a new sport. Um, and then we encourage... Uh, men and women to bring friends and family to come to uh, our more low-key games, such as uh, our Australia Day game, which is hosted every year. And we use that as a fun way to draw people in. Um, and we uh, follow that up with an Oswald season, which um, is our like n- low-contact version 99 um, season that just started last weekend. And uh, we try to uh, draw new players in learning the skills with a game that isn't necessarily as intimidating as a full tackle game. And, um, I, I mean, we're starting to get more successful at, at drawing new players and using these uh, advertising methods. What did it mean to you personally that day on the 25th of June last year when you took on the Vancouver Vixens uh, with, of course, the help of the Portland Sockeyes to have the first uh, women's Grizzlies team run out onto the ground? It was, as silly as it sounds, it was extremely emotional for me. Um, I'm not necessarily the most social person, so being able to recruit enough women to have a home game was extremely uh, amazing. And it was was great to see how supportive our club was to bring um, Portland up and to have enough girls to even have a game. And um, I don't... I don't know if you heard, but I was playing that day with a broken finger. And so every time I caught the ball, (laughs) there was a little bit of pain. But um, I kept telling the guys that the tears were all, like, of joy, that I was so excited that we were finally playing a home game. Um, I guess that comes back to the article where they've uh, nicknamed you Valerie the Finger Barber (laughs) Axtelm. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that was uh, I, I started a women's club, played the first game, and then couldn't play most of the season with a broken finger. So uh, it was uh, well named, I guess. And of course, uh, the other women to join you on that occasion included uh, Alison Leonard, nicknamed Lights Out, Elizabeth uh, Langmaid, nicknamed The Lion, China Lenz, nicknamed The Rock, uh, Sage Reed Cows, nicknamed Rowdy, and Rachel Manning, The Machine. Yeah, um, those are um, pretty much the starting girls of our team. We had a we had a few girls missing just due to the date, um, but they have been amazing um pretty much none of them had heard of australian rules football and came out and asking for extra practices all season working harder than um you would have time to work for a new sport that they're picking up um we were practicing at least twice a week leading up to that game just to try to teach them the rules um and then they step out on the field and they're trying to remember all the different position names, which are, you know, slightly different than U.S. sports. And um, they, each one of those girls has guts and courage. And it, it was an honor playing with them. And I'm looking forward to continue, continuing to play with them this season. In the Western Regional Tournament, you uh, teamed up with uh, Vancouver and Arizona, if I'm correct, and uh, finished a respectable second. Yeah, and, and it was a great tournament. We uh, loved teaming up with Arizona um, because I knew the girls from Arizona and they're spectacular women to play with. And uh, the girls were really excited to team up with Vancouver because we had played and we didn't know many of the other teams in the regional. So it was it was great that that worked out. And um, I think uh, even if second place is uh, respectable, I, most of our girls are – cringing at remembering that last-minute goal that cost them first. Uh, but it's got to be something to try and spur you on. I guess the, there is a, a happy ending as part of it because you teamed up as part of the combination with Portland uh, in Division 2 of the um, US AFL Nationals, taking out the title in October. Yeah, that was incredible. Most of... Uh, uh, I mean, we we were only able to take three women because it was a newer team and across the nation. But being able to play with Portland and learn from their experienced players and um, pretty much dominate nationals was was an incredible experience. Um, not just because of the winning, the winning, but because of the um, because of the support and. Um, like the community that Portland has provided us throughout the year, I don't think we would be at the position that we're at right now with uh, the numbers we have for this season without Portland. So it was great to be able to play with them and learn from their their national team players. And what are the numbers sitting like at the moment for the women's side in Seattle? Uh, so through our Oswald season, we have uh, 12 girls signed up. And I know that we've got more coming after ski season officially ends in the Northwest. Um, it's, it's pretty popular here. So uh, some of our senior players are, are coming back after ski season. So that, sh- that should be exciting. I'm hoping to take a solid 12 to regionals this year and a 12 to 14 the nationals minimum. I mean, I don't, I don't see why we couldn't. We, we're, we're, 
every practice we've got new girls coming in and excited to join the team. So, And as well, that really should help your numbers this year at the Nationals, shouldn't it? That, that it's, it's on the West Coast being played down in San Diego. Yeah, um, I told uh, the team that it was in San Diego this year, and uh, the girls that couldn't go last year are very excited to be able to attend this year because it cuts down on our travel time, and uh, it's it's cheaper for people starting a new sport. And what's it been like from, from your perspective watching on that? As you said, Portland's just nearby that started up, but also seeing other new clubs pop up around the place, such as if you head down the coast, Los Angeles is now going to be fielding a team. And uh, over in Minnesota, they're going to start another team, the North Star Blue Ox. How does it feel to have all these new women's sides popping up? I mean, it's just amazing. And I think um, it's just going to be great for the sport and for the competition level to rise. Um, I know... I know the girl who's who's helping start the LA team, and I'm just so excited for her because she's already got um, numbers. And I I know the Minnesota girls will do great. They've had um, almost two teams for the freeze for the last few nationals, so it'll be good for them to have a good competition locally, and then be able to take more more women to nationals. Um, I just think it's amazing with uh, the women's pro teams starting this year as well, uh, how much the sport is going to grow, and I'm really excited um, to watch it do so. Being on the West Coast, that means it's been friendlier viewing times uh, for those that want to watch AFLW that's being streamed online via uh, Watch AFL. Have you caught a few games yourself, and uh, have the girls been talking about it? I know. uh, I sent the link out to the girls week one, and um, they've been watching a few of the games. I know we're going to have a, a watch party for the final game, and I've, I've caught a few myself. I've been watching the Lions. I mean, it, they're a great team to watch. So I'm really, it's really exciting to see um, women playing so you can see reasonable expectations about how far we can kick and, and see how the game is played because it's slightly different than the men's game. So um, it's been great being able to learn from watching their game. You're listening to the best of Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. Earlier this year, we saw the start of AFLW, and we also saw the start of Sandfellw. Now, in Adelaide, the premier women's football competition had been the SAWFL, later to be rebranded the Adelaide Footy League Women's Competition. But at the same time, the Sandfell decided to start their own competition, but it was going to run in the summer. And in a way, it was to keep those excess Crows players fit and in shape and, and ready to be selected, but also to have a look at the next breed of players that they could possibly pick to add to the Crows squad for 2018 and onwards. A star player from Norwood was Rebecca McMahon, and we spoke to her after the debut of Sandfield W, where a big crowd showed up under lights at the parade to watch the four teams play. It's a bit of a surreal moment, actually. I think the girls have, have taken it all in their stride and, and really sort of soaked it up on Friday night, so it's fantastic to have so many people out supporting us and, and following the journey. Before we get into what happened on Friday night, let's talk about your footy journey. Uh, when did you first pick up the footy? Um, I picked it up pretty earlier. I think my dad had one just rolling around in the backyard, so I thought I'd just pick that up. And at that age, I was, uh, it was a little bit heavy for me. So um, probably I'd play about six, six or seven. I was probably when I first picked up the footy first. 
And, and for many they, uh, women, particularly um, in late 20s, early 30s, they, they're part of the generation which didn't have the youth girl system. So what was the I- interruption like for you from being a kid to finally taking up again as, as a woman? Yeah, look, I think um, you kind of get to a younger age and you really want to play footy, but you, you kind of get to the age of 14 or so and you've, there's not really a pathway there anymore and that was very much the case for me as well. So I um, I played down with Stress Album Football Club in the earlier years and, and then took another path down the soccer pathway and, and playing basketball and refereeing basketball. Um, and later I found out we could play open women's footy and I couldn't couldn't get down there quick enough, to be honest. Um, so that was a, a really exciting stage and obviously at that stage women's football was still quite raw um, and there weren't too many teams in the competition so to sort of then go up to Queensland and, and play a bit of footy up there as well things started to blossom pretty quickly. I believe you're up in northern Queensland around the Cairns Townsville territory so h- how did you find the Queensland style of footy compared to SA? There's some quick people up there. Um, so I lived in Townsville and I, I travelled up to Cairns every weekend um, to play in the in the league up there with the North Cairns Tigers. Um, I think up there you've got a a lot of young Indigenous people that want to play footy and I think that was the best thing for me was watching them grow and just take off at their elite pace and and just develop their skills. So I think uh, the game's quite quite quick paced up there Um, and yeah, it's just, it's pretty electric. Does that help with your decision making and growing as a player, having to react faster? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I sustained a, a pretty serious injury in 2012 and, and sort of after that decided that, that I was going to go back to footy and, and learn the basics properly and definitely being around those girls, um, trying to catch them, you know, major, major, make decisions, I think, a little bit quicker and a little bit smarter as well. You, you've kind of got to, rather than trying to catch them, you've got to shut them down before they even get to that situation. So it definitely changed the way that I played footy, that's for sure. And then a few years later, about 2015, you ended up back in uh, Adelaide. Um, what led you to the West Adelaide Football Club in the Sawful? Uh, there was a couple of girls that I played footy with in 2008 and 2009. Um, I'd stayed pretty close with them. Um, Emily Woods, Cass Hartley, uh, Daniel Cress. They were they were with the Eagles when we were down there. So, um, you know, it sort of was a no-brainer for me to come back and, and sort of team up with them again and, and play some footy with some pretty good mates. Is it a little bit weird in a way that um, playing against West Adelaide, um, particularly coming up uh, for this weekend, considering you play for West Adelaide in the Sawfield, but how the whole new mix-ups happened with the Sandfield, you're playing for Norwood against West Adelaide? Yeah, look, uh, I think it's it's all just part and parcel, um, to be honest. It's going to be a little bit weird not uh, not having the black and red on, that's for sure, but um, just having the opportunity to play football at this level, I think uh, we're all just sort of really embracing that one and, and just playing for our club, playing our guts out for the club and, and that's what really comes down to at this point in time. Were you one of the players that uh, threw the hat in the ring for the draft? Um, I'm, probably there was a, a few of us which, you know, we kind of knew that we were going to get split up. Obviously, you, you want to spread that talent around to every team. You don't want to have a one-sided competition. So, look, to be honest, I I didn't really know much about it. I, I just sort of got told that that was where I was going and I was more than happy to, to take, you know, take on for the team if that's it. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really stoked to be here at Norwood and, and what they're providing and, and helping us with is absolutely fantastic. Do you remember the moment they announced he was captain? I do actually. I um, I finished up training with the with the Adelaide Footy Club in, in the top up squad there, and I whizzed over here because I always like to, to get over to the end of the girls' trainings and, and still be a part of it all. And 
I sort of uh, ran out of the tunnel here at the parade and a couple of girls just jumped on me before uh, Steve even had the chance to, to tell me. So kind of at that moment I knew, but uh, yeah, I was just absolutely wrapped and it's a moment that will stick with me forever, that's for sure. Before we talk about the the crowd at the parade um, that was on Friday night, can you give us an insight to a, a typical Sawfield crowd during the regular season? Um, I guess you've probably got your diehard fans, which are, are your friends and your family, which come out week in, week out and support you. But, um, you know, that sometimes rain, hail or shine, you might get different crowds depending on what the weather's doing. So um, the Sawful, I think it's growing. And, and our grand final last year, obviously there was a, a lot of girls that came out and a lot of families and, and younger families that came out to help support us. So I think it's growing each year and, and the support of women's footy is obviously getting bigger. So hopefully over time it'll, it'll grow. But, yeah, definitely the Sawful level, it was, uh, it's nothing like it was on Friday night. Does it hit you straight away when you come out of the tunnel? Are you focused on the game or do you notice it as you step out into the ground and you see this is a larger than crowd than you're used to playing in front of? Does it does it hit you straight away? Yeah, it did on Friday night, um, sort of running out of the tunnel here at the parade. You know, people are cheering you and, and the song's going on in the background and, you know, it's, it was a bit of a bizarre moment because it's not something that we're obviously used to. So taking all that in and, and then having the ability to, to switch on and perform straight away at the first bounce is always a little bit tough for your first game um, in that sort of uh, environment and atmosphere. But the girls do really well and, and, yeah, it definitely does hit you and you get a really good vibe about it as well. And it's a bit of extra duty, isn't it, on you as captain where you've got to take the lead and try and calm the girls down, particularly some of those that are looking nervous to try and get them focused and in the game. Yeah, I think so. I think it comes just down to experience and trying not to get them so hyped up at the start of the game as well before you head out to the change room. Um, you know, just sort of getting them ready and calm. As, you know, we tried to do a few different things where they weren't completely up and about as soon as they came out of the tunnel um, as we knew that there was going to be some pretty big emotions as soon as we hit the ground. So it is a bit tough sometimes keeping them uh, a little bit calm and making sure they don't peak too early, but the girls did a really great job and, and switched on pretty quickly. Talking about emotions, what was your like when uh, you got your first goal on the board for Norwood? Yeah, that doesn't happen often, uh, me kicking goals, so I'll take that one any time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think the emotion which sort of came out of me um, at that point pretty much sums it up. It, it was just, you know, everything was put into that one, just the love for the footy club that Norwood have given us and the fact that, you know, that was a, a pretty big goal for us as a, as a club first game and uh, and obviously for me I don't get too many of those so I was just really happy and, and the girls I said to them you know any girls scored let's get around and celebrate and make sure that we really really enjoy it. Now out of the night as much it was a, a great victory for you about 40 points uh, over North Adelaide unfortunately um, uh, one bad news I believe um, Demi Sonneman um, uh, injured her knee and uh, has done an ACL. She has and you know it's really disappointing for Demi she's come through the system and um, she was looking at some pretty good tune as well. Um, so, you know, we we sort of, our hearts broke a little bit when when Demi broke the news to us. But, um, you know, as the Norwood girls do, they get around her and, and we'll support her through the process and the recovery. And, and we just can't wait to get her back out into the red, the red and blue. Let's focus on the, the weeks coming ahead because it's only a four-team competition. You'll actually play each other twice in a round-robin series. You've played North Adelaide. You've seen them. You've got West Adelaide coming up, uh, which had a loss uh, on Friday night. And then not too far away, you've got that uh, big one coming up against uh, Glenelg. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, our first focus is West Adelaide, obviously, this weekend. And, um, 
you know, the coaching staff and, and myself and I'm sure a few of the other girls, uh, they've all watched the game from the weekend and, and saw a few patterns and just how hard-hitting West Adelaide are. So, you know, I think when you come out early, you really switched on. Uh, the hype of the first week is, is now over, so we really need to focus on this week. And, um, you know, just going in there and, and getting the footy first, I think it's proven vital for women's footy is just getting that football first and, and then executing with it once you got it. Talking about hype, I know you definitely want to focus on this week, but looking ahead to the week after, which I think you're back at the parade when you take on Glenelg. How's this for a Saturday? You said it will be a triple header because it backs on to the Crows versus Lions game. So you could have a potential uh, 2-2-0 sides, yourselves and Glenelg facing off, immediately followed by possibly 2-4-0 sides being the Crows and the Lions in the AFLW match. It's, uh, it's going to be a massive afternoon of footy, I think. It's a bit exciting. Um, look, I think for us, you know, yeah, we are focusing for this week, but the girls have been having a bit of a chatter about that and the week heading into that. So, yeah, that's another really big week for us and, and we've just got to kind of keep ourselves level-headed and, and go ahead um, about our football and, and just make sure that we stick to our game plan and not get too caught up in it. Because you've started um, two weeks after the AFLW season, has that been used at all in your training session with the coaches? Have they been taking, say, vision from the AFLW games and looking at it, analysing and suggesting uh, ways that you can incorporate that into your game plan? Um, not so much. I, we haven't taken any footage or anything else like that. Um, but I think, obviously, you talk about particular points in games and whether girls have watched it over the weekend but the general consensus for us is we've got a game plan that steve is trying to put us to and, and we're all 100% on board with that. So, um, yeah, there's a couple of things out of the, the games on the weekend which we pick up and we chat about at the start of training. But, um, you know, to be honest, we, we're 100% focused on what Steve wants us to do and, and we're embracing that game plan and just taking that. Now, of course, you mentioned with the Adelaide Train On program, some uh, women have been uh, training with the Crows and taking part in some scratch matches as well, particularly before the AFLW season. Uh, you, you weren't lucky enough to get onto the Crows list. Have they spoken to you yet about uh, what they would like to see improvement from you to possibly have the opportunity in 2018? Yeah, look, um, Beck's been really good and, and given me a few pointers and a few tips in which I need to improve my game. And, and, and I guess every coach, you know, wants to see the best out of you. So I've taken those ones on board. And for me, it, it's just fantastic to still be around the girls. And, you know, any way I can possibly help out there on the track, whether it's, you know, defensively helping them out or, or whether it's pushing them to the absolute limits um, or just giving them a high five at the end of training, it's, it's something that, you know, I've really embraced and, and I've loved being around the group. And, I'm, I'm growing as a player um, each and every day as well. So from a personal aspect, uh, I'm just loving you know being a part of it with them as well. Well, Rebecca, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy and we wish you all the very best uh, this Friday night as Norwood take on West Adelaide and throughout the remainder of the Sanford women's season. No worries. Thanks, Peter. And that concludes our best of Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. A friendly reminder, you can find this program as a podcast on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Just search for Girls Play Footy. Until next time, I'm Peter Holden. It's bye for now.